don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds, a new rumoured platform being launched by Facebook. We are back for a brand new episode of Breaking Social, covering some of the more weird and wonderful stories to come out of social over the last month. Yes, we couldn't leave you another month without covering some of the headlines we've seen from Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat and Instagram, including the launch of a new mystery platform. We've also thrown in a special section at the end where we look at the best and worst campaign from the month just gone. Just a, a word of caution for brands who are trying to do this kind of inclusive campaign do your research first and maybe do some troubleshooting all this and more coming up Eva back in September back to you could call this the back to school edition I suppose couldn't you <laughs> although we, yeah. we'd, we'd never left I should say we're talking about August and a bit of September loads has happened since we last caught up as is always the case um I want to kick this off with a story that I saw yesterday, actually, uh, that Facebook Facebook is now being called Boober Book because <laughs> the number of British oldies has so-called uh, outnumbered the number of teens on the platform, which I feel like we've seen that for a while. This is not a new story. The the uh, story actually made me laugh because it was the whole, or oh, how do you do fellow kids meme <laughs> that every single story about aging Facebook uh, gets used. But basically the stats are that uh, the number of British teens using Facebook has fallen from 2.7 million to 2.1 million. And in that time, there are more, well, if you do the maths, there, there are 1.5 million more over 60s on the platform. So they're about 3.7 million now they make up. So... They I mean, actually outnumber them now. They outnumber teens, yeah. I mean, there's the big 20-something demographic mm. within that, isn't there, in 30s? And if we're talking in strict millennial terms, then who knows? Mm. But it is true. It is a fact that Facebook has been ageing for a while. Yeah. Now, my comment on that is that's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't Why? think. Because I think... You know, old, older generations, more spending power, you know, and if we look at how Facebook is now, you know, the way that ads work and stuff, and it's, it's still like, you know, a very beneficial platform for serving ads. Mm. I, you know, it, it, they, they are still within, as we always say on this podcast, they are, the, these teens are still within the ecosystem. Yeah. They're still on Instagram and uh, I, I suppose that's the main place, you know, as well as obviously the instant messaging apps. They're still on Instagram. So, yeah. For me, Facebook is having its cake and eating it. Yeah, that spending power argument is actually a really interesting one. And uh, like you touched on before, there's still the 20-somethings and now early 30-somethings, which you're right, is actually millennials. And it always makes me laugh when you see headlines like this calling Facebook like a retirement home, like the retirement home of social media. Yeah. And it always leads with, well, millennials are leaving the platform to make way for boomers. And actually, it's not. Millennials aren't really going anywhere. They're just uh, maybe less teens are signing up now. But the people, the younger end of um, Facebook's audience that have always been there, they're just growing up. Like that's all it is. Millennials are just um, older than than what these uh, headlines are saying. I, I completely agree. It was always going to be a foregone conclusion. And I, you know, I suspect the same thing will happen. This is Snapchat and other platforms. People mm. will grow with the platform. 
And it's interesting. I'd like to see the numbers on the adoption among older people uh, taking up Instagram because I can imagine. I can't imagine it's mm. very high, to be honest. Unless you're sort of in the creative industry or you're an artist or something. Even on Instagram, I don't know if it's just my bubble and I'm a bit ageist, but you don't seem to see. You know, it seems to be Gen Z, millennials, and nothing really above that. So mm. obviously, the, the, you know that, that they're having their cake and eating it. They've got the best yeah. of both worlds. I think you're right. Like you definitely don't see as many boomers on Instagram as any other demographic. It's definitely got a younger core audience. But it wouldn't surprise me if, like Facebook, that'll just be something that takes time. Um, like I know there are. Let's like look at celebrities of all ages use yeah. Instagram, and um, you know. Parents, if they enjoy Facebook, I can imagine, you know, my mum will probably like Instagram if she knew like what it was and if she actually understood what there was to offer. I think that they'd enjoy it. Yeah. Like she likes it when I show her like things that are happening on mine. I'll show her some pictures. I'll show her like my sisters and like she does like it. So I think that, you know, that adoption will happen. Um, it's just like uh, with Facebook, it happens slowly. One thing that does concern me slightly about the fact that Facebook's audience are getting older is the fact that, you know, Instagram aside, Facebook is still the platform that has the best targeting capabilities. Its ad platform is the easiest to use. And so brands use it most often. It is the most commonly used platform mm. for advertising purposes, regardless of the fact that sometimes that's not where a brand's audience is. Um, say a brand has a very strong audience on Snapchat, but they don't really know how to use Snapchat. So they just use Facebook because, you know, at least they're doing something. Yeah. If that attitude continues to happen um, and the younger generation are leaving Facebook and it, it, the audience is becoming older, if brands don't sort of start looking into other platforms and start trying to use Snapchat a bit more or even Instagram or even TikTok a bit more, mm, um, mm. they're going to end up targeting people that they don't really want to speak to and that younger audience will be left out of their advertising. Um, yeah, I, I agree completely. There, there definitely is the sense that Facebook is, you know, as we say, it's becoming oversubscribed and oversubscribed and oversubscribed. So look at elsewhere. Mm. It's interesting you mentioned Snapchat because this was a sort of second story I picked up on yeah, this, this month, which this which made funny. me laugh. I mean, it was from the Sun, of course. So you know, take what you read with a pinch of salt. Um, <laughs> but the headline read: "The new Snapchat icon is so ugly that users are deleting the app from their phones." Now, I thought this was <laughs> absolutely hilarious. And when I digged into this story. Well, before we get into that, to give you a bit of context, Snapchat have essentially, they've not changed the ghost, they've not changed the logo. It has a name, that ghost, by the way, doesn't What's it? What's his name? I can't remember. I, thought, oh, I was no. hoping you would. I was relying on you oh, then. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Although, <laughs> the, uh, if you want the name of a social media icon, uh, Twitter's bird is called Larry. Called Larry? Okay, yeah. interesting. Right. Larry the Bird. I think it was named after like a, an NFL, like an Larry NBA bird, player that name rings a bell. That's, mm. that's somebody famous that we probably should know. Yeah, it's but an back athlete. To, back to Snapchat. They essentially just made the outline, the black outline around the uh, ghost logo slightly thicker. And I looked into this story and the Sun's journalism was based on a few uh, tweets, should I say, just from just from around. It basically said, Snapchat is so ugly that I am honestly considering deleting the app and, you know, stuff of that ill. And I just found it hilarious because it's one of those sensationalist stories that you just sort of look at and you think, oh, right, OK, we, you know, as a social media agency, we better jump on this. Yeah. yeah. It's not the redesign part two. It's just a few people uh, commenting on how ugly the logo is. But... Snapchat needn't worry because this month stock was up 189% mm. for the year. Yeah. So that's, you know, because of that, they're, they're basically saying, Wall Street is saying that the redesign issues have been fixed. You know, monthly active users are sort of uh, leveling out. They, they average about 500 million now, which yeah. is more than Twitter again. Um, 
And another thing which I found interesting, which I hadn't thought about, is it's not been subject to as much scrutiny as the other platforms. Yeah. I mean, just this morning, YouTube received a fine in the region of 130 million. Mm. And interesting. What's, what, I mean, what, what, what do you take from that? I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that last point is actually really, um, really interesting. And it's something I hadn't actually thought about. But you're right. You never see um, negative headlines about that platform. No, really. No. I mean, I remember seeing a few about poorly targeted ads like last year or maybe even the year before that. But since then, no, they've, they're definitely the, the, the friendly place, as, as we've touched on before. But I think the whole thing about them changing the logo and you're right, like that is just the state of reporting these days. You take like, what, a couple of tweets about some people complaining. It's not exactly Sunday a representative <laughs> sample, is it? Not really. Not it wouldn't so, be, it wouldn't be basically your research off of that um but yeah as we've covered um recently as well from their most recent earnings report snapchat's numbers are really really positive at the moment so i don't think they have to worry no the one the one barrier with snapchat seems to be and what wall street i believe are getting a bit jittery about is where the uh so so snapchat isn't expected to uh post a net profit until 2023 so they're kind of asking, where is the money going to be coming from? Mm. You know, uh, how long before we see those, you know, major returns from advertisements, from products, from elsewhere? Yeah. Because uh, a lot of it, I, I suppose, is sort of funded by investors and, and, mm. and whatnot. So yeah, definitely. It's well, sort of, it's, it's hanging in the balance. Well, it's not hanging in the balance, but it's very much an interesting story to look at. It, it seems like they're at a point now where they're ready to go stratospheric or, you know, not go anywhere, but sort of stay the same and kind of mm. plateau as they have in the past. Do you know what? I'm going to be uh, optimistic for once and say that um, obviously like investor interest comes down to how much advertisers are adopting a platform, right? Mm. Um, um, their like latest updates have been making it easier for people to use ads. Um, they're doing a lot more promotional material like videos and stuff about um, how advertisers and brands can use the platform. Um, and I think once, like we said, that once platforms start to branch out a bit from the Facebook um, bubble and start using uh, other platforms like Snapchat, that can only uh, that can only do well for them. And I think if they carry on the way that they're going, sort of like simplifying everything and just um, like educating people and going a bit more public with it, um, obviously that's going to have a good impact. I completely agree. I, I must admit, I was impressed by, I think we dis discussed it in the last break in social, but the ad campaign that Snapchat came out with that mm. sort of went everywhere on Instagram, the whole yeah. real friends uh, messaging. And I thought that was such a, such a good differentiator. And, you know, while sort of putting two up to Instagram, it was such a, you know, Snapchat is the place for these real friends, real connections. And sometimes mm -hmm. that means smaller user numbers and tighter knit communities yeah. rather than the big, you know, expansive world of uh, other social media yeah. platforms. Yeah, do you know what it is? It's one of those things like uh, people have been saying it's going to die for like years now uh, just because it wasn't doing as well as some other platforms or some other media types. It's like people are saying like radio's dead and, you know, reading's in the bin. Yeah. It's not It's not true. Like, okay, some uh, platforms might have the edge in other areas, but I think if it were, if it was going to die, it would have died by now. I think everything's dead when you compare it to Facebook and YouTube, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's such a skewed sort of kind of, uh, you know, axis to kind of go off of when one is literally, you know, top of Everest, one is... Yeah, definitely. But you know what, numbers. I think going back to the fact that it's had no negative headlines, I think the positive sentiment is going to do it uh, really, it's going to serve it really well. What I want to know from you is, will we expect to see you in a pair of spectacles 
free third edition anytime this year. And these are the new third generation Snapchat spectacles, oh my God, which no. they keep pushing. And, you know, to be fair, I, I don't really rate the design. They, they look a bit like Ray-Ban Clubmasters with two, you know, cameras on either side. Mm-mm. I've just not seen anybody wearing a pair ever. No, I have never seen anyone wearing one in my life. And I think it'll be, it's the kind of thing that say like Elon Musk will buy because he wants the toy. Like it's yeah, just fun to yeah. have. And like, why not? It's a gimmick. But, you know, for for like mainstream adoption, they are ugly, they're expensive. And like you said, it's a gimmick. Like where is the demand that they're fulfilling? This is one area I cannot defend I'll say snapping cannot Snapchat, like separate the yeah, app from what the, the main company the is doing, company, yeah, the so camera company. Um, but the way that this third edition works, as far as I understand it, is basically they've put in a second camera. So as well as being able to record like HD footage, which um, the way they work is you put them on, record something, and then you can send whatever you've filmed to your phone via like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth um, and then like edit it more in the Snapchat app before sending it out. Uh, so you still like there's still like phone involvement needed, which again just you know it's an extra step mm. and it's basically mm. just a gimmick. Um, but the dual camera now you can record 3D footage, which you can kind of see where they're going with it. Obviously, AR is on the up, and Snapchat have been at the forefront of pioneering that um, that technology. And this is like another area where they're just trying to push AR into um, more like physical experiences. Yep. So you could walk around with the uh, spectacles on. Um, and you'd be recording everything in 3D and then I guess the AR filters and um, are they still filters when it's like the reverse camera and it's like an object you can see in like a scene? Yeah, it's uh, almost you know an I mean? augmented, yeah. Yeah, it'd yeah. Be like, it'd say it's like an animal or something and yeah. you can put it somewhere. A, like a placement feature, yeah. yeah. Like that's a really basic example, but you can kind of see like where they're going with it. I just don't think people are ready for it yet. And they've made the like fatal error I think of handing something to the public before they even know what they're meant to do with it I was going to say do you think it's a bit ahead of its time like mm. most other things I mean they yeah. are up at about £330 which is a lot much. of money to essentially spend on that was say a new toy yeah you it's know, too much phone. like imagine trying to give it to like I always use my mum as an example blesser but even like someone that we work with someone our age who's yeah. outside of the industry if I was to like present them with it they'd be like mm, cool but what's it for Yeah, like, that's exactly yeah. what they'd say and the fact that no one could and no one could understand where they're going with it like that's the problem yeah yeah I mean they, they, they launched a few weeks ago I was doing some reading around it at the time and there was something to be said for you know Snapchat sort of imagining a future where not everything happens on a smartphone and that was mm. one of the first times I've heard that you know because we're so used yeah. to our smartphones being the kind of epicenter of everything mm. and now these spectacles are almost becoming the kind of you know, the next gen world where yeah. sort of communication happens and I don't know, for your sunglasses, mm. it's, it's it's this whole wearable tech debate, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's all like, well, like on, like on that point of things being like outside of the smartphone, going back to um, like AR, I've seen people or like companies trialing this with um, things like car windows. Yeah. So if you could like put like an AR interface over the top of that, uh, like even like a window in your house, say, you it, it looks like you're driving through one scene, but actually you're somewhere else. It's that kind of taking it off screen and like putting it in front of you. Mm. And I guess wearing something that like manipulates what you see physically, like glasses, is like a way into that. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. We'll move on to your favourite platform, Twitter, of course. <laughs> they are never not in the news, are they, uh, these days? And it's, it seems to be these... 
Rather than platform updates, which it was for a while, it seems to be these irreverent little jokes that you do. So, I mean, Jack Dorsey's mm. Twitter, we talked about uh, previously got hacked, I think, a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and now we've got this. Uh, so that aside, we've got Twitter who have taken a shot at Instagram by the, the story behind the, the context behind this story. Again, I think somebody basically went on uh Instagram and and or went on Twitter and did a post and just said Instagram is basically screenshots of tweets mm. and I think Twitter should call them out for it. Yeah. And interested though what you think of this for somebody who because it, it's definitely something I've noticed a lot more scrolling through Instagram I'm like oh that's a tweet that's a tweet that's mm, a tweet and yeah. they've really sort of taken the opportunity to jump on this and kind of parody it with a new. Instagram account that only screenshots pictures of tweets. Yeah, definitely. No, you do see that a lot. It's like a favorite with uh, meme accounts, isn't it? Um, but yeah, on that, that creator that you said tweeted about it said they get about 30 retweets if they put something on Twitter. They put the same tweet on Instagram. It gets like 2,000 likes, uh, which is... What does that tell you? Well, that's, that's telling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if you like look into engagement rates uh, as a whole on platforms, Instagram has the highest of all of them and Twitter has the lowest. Mm, uh, mm. And it's, you know, it's always a very sad occasion for me, especially when I tweet something hilarious and it gets two likes. But for Twitter standards, listen, it's not that bad. Um, so like... Like a, an engagement rate between um, 0.33% and 1% on Twitter is like considered to be the highest. Whereas on Instagram, you're looking at above 6% is the highest engagement rate that you get. In yeah, so it's no wonder that people are sharing it um, on Instagram. It's just for that extra exposure, I guess, like um, diversifying your content. But Twitter's response is just so classic of their like new uh, and improved tone of voice. And the the bio for this new Instagram, well, it's not a new Instagram account, actually. They've just deleted all of their past content that they had on Instagram so it's still their uh, official and account. started fresh yeah it's, it's their <laughs> official account and the bio is just screenshots of tweets which I absolutely love um, but say Instagram like uses Twitter all the platforms like use yeah, uh, all, all the other ones don't in, they in one way or another. it's a uh, it's like akin to the fast food competitor banter that we see. Like they're all quipping each other, but Twitter is the best of them. I mean, people listening to this podcast long enough to know that me and you are both copywriters. I'm interested to know, what do you think of Twitter's tone of voice? Because there's been a lot of news stories around this, you know, that Twitter looking for a new person, a new head of the Twitter account, somebody to tweet from them. And, you know, they've taken this irreverent line. What do you think of mm. it? So some of the tweets that they put out I just don't understand. Like some of them, they, they will just tweet. I don't know if anyone's like, go go on their timeline and have a read through. Some of them are just completely ridiculous. And like, while I enjoy the attitude that they're taking and like the general tone of voice, mm. um, I think it's funny. I think that they're um, like quite represent, they're representing really well what the platform itself stands for, mm -hmm. which is this whole like, you know, we are a place where people come and have fun and it's all a bit of a joke, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it like represents the brand quite well. But yeah, if you get into like the specifics of some of the things that they put out, it's like, where where are you coming from? They always say, is it meant to be funny or is it sort of, there, there are, like you said, there are some things, even I read on there that just seem very cryptic and very kind it's of... It's very like, it's very niche, but I think that again is like part of the appeal because Twitter is where you find the weirdest of internet humour and they're just really embodying that. Do you think it still holds that power, you know, yeah. compared to like a Reddit or, or a, you know, 4chan or... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because 
while that is um, like really common on Reddit as well, Reddit has like loads of other stuff. Like as a forum, you can literally talk about anything, and just a slice of that is like um, you know the the stupid humor. And yeah, I know people always say this about Twitter, like it can get overrun by trolls, etc., and it invites hate. However, I do believe like with any platform, it comes down to who you follow. Yeah. So you can curate your timeline. Like, I've done that to mine, like over a period of years. It's in a position where. I'm, you know, everyone I follow, it's it's just bringing me value and the nature of the people I choose to follow is just funny. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, that entertainment factor definitely still lives there. It thrives there. One thing you do see a lot of on Twitter is threads. Now, I'm talking about different threads now, which is a so new, right. I, I knew you'd put that out. I knew you'd like it. I'll save that just one that one just for you. So threads, if you've not seen it's it's spelled T-H-R-E-A-D-S, obviously is a new rumoured platform being launched by Facebook, which really caught my eye and yours and absolutely everybody else's in the social media space. It's for Instagram, isn't it? It's for Instagram, have they, yes, Have they exactly. confirmed it? I, I've not seen any confirmation yet. The I story's still floating around. Uh, sort of sourced by The Verge, who I don't know if it was a leak or they've seen something or they've been letting mm. on something, but... There is very little but a couple of illustrations, a couple of screenshots about mm. this new platform. So essentially, I mean, in May this year, we saw Instagram shutter its standalone app direct, which yeah. is basically just direct messaging. Direct messaging is obviously still available for Instagram, yeah. but they got rid of the standalone app. So now Freds comes along and Freds is essentially uh, close friends kind of communication, isn't it? Yeah. Instagram, but for close friends. More stripped down, not as visual, I don't think, but essentially we'd be able to, you know, if me and you were on threads, we'd be able to share our battery life for some strange reason yeah. on our phone, uh, location, although not yeah. exact location at the moment, it's just sort of like, oh, so, you know, Eve's on the move, mm. uh, status updates, pictures, it's a... yeah. Instagram light for close friends. Yeah, definitely. So when I first heard about threads, I was so confused because, like you said, they shut down direct and it sounded quite similar at first. I thought, yeah. okay, well, if it's just private messaging, why um, do they think this will work? And they didn't think direct would work. Uh, but I think part of the reason that direct... Uh, flopped was because it's still available in the main Instagram app and why would you go to a separate app when it's right there yeah um, so I've never used it I never downloaded no, it I just used direct I. messaging in Instagram exactly which I think will have been the opinion of most people um, but threads actually after looking into it a bit more is really similar or well, has certain elements borrowed shall we say from Snapchat so the things like um location tracking is a bit like yeah. the snap map and it's all for your close friends uh, and they're trying to sort of uh, copycat this safe space where you know it's just the people that you talk to the most yeah. and it's all very intimate and you know it's along this whole like private sharing uh, situation that's going on uh, but it's just that but on steroids because like why would I need to know if someone's on the move like why would I need to know someone's battery life and also considering everyone's attitudes towards Facebook and privacy etc at the moment the fact that they're saying, hey, look, now you can all track each other. I know we're tracking you, but how would yeah, you like to track yeah, each other? Yeah, now you can see the other person It just seems well. to be like, they're, maybe they're just saying, hey, this is our thing and we're just running with it now. I mean, the way, the, the way this has been positioned is as a challenger to Snapchat, mm. essentially. It, it seems to be, again, another two fingers up to Snapchat in the sense that they're trying to, you know, copy the Snap map so you can see where all your friends are and close friends. Because the close friends feature did come in on the Instagram main app, 
did yeah. it not long ago. It's which just for stories, isn't it, where you can like share, um, like choose to put something out to like a group that you've chosen. Exactly. And I guess yeah. it would be like that group, but now you can just do more things with them. Now this is interesting. I mean, the details on it are so early mm. that you don't know if they're, you know, where the opportunity or if there is even an opportunity for brands. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there will be, but will there be, you know, business accounts? Will it be personal accounts? It's a very kind of I can't imagine. Play. I can't imagine. So, do you know what? If I was to, like, put money on it, I think it would be because um, Facebook are trying so hard at the moment to inject more advertising in Instagram itself. Yeah. So they're testing back-to-back -back stories ads. Um, you know, they were actually briefed last year. Uh, I remember reading a report about this um, where there was basically like a private meeting at Facebook, which like details of that got leaked, where they've basically said, uh, and a lot of original Instagram employees are not happy about this. They've been like given a quota to meet with advertising and Instagram and they've, mm. they've you know, said outright, you know, we're going to be increasing it by this much. So you can expect quite shortly um, that Instagram is going to host a lot more adverts, uh, which is part of the reason that organic engagement has gone down. Um, so as users get like more, uh, shall we say, a bit like annoyed or like hold a grudge about their favorite platform being filled with ads, maybe this is the shiny new toy that they're distracting us with and saying, you, you might not like to. this, but you know, this is our like Snapchat friendly version safe space where there'll be less ads, less brands, um, and we can have our cake and eat it. Um, I think it's a terrible name for starters. Reds, Reds, yeah. yeah, I think it's just one of those kind of, it's like social media bingo, isn't yeah. it? Well, Where it's because it's, like, it's the name of another feature, like you said, it's on Twitter. So exactly, automatically, yeah. that's what I think of. And I'm picturing some sort of like endless conversation. I think that's what everybody thought when they first heard about it. I mean, there's no real details about when this is going to launch. I, I imagine we're way off. But I'm keen to know, and there's not been anything about it, how close we are to this major merger between yeah. all of the instant messaging platforms, yeah. between WhatsApp, Instagram Direct, and uh, Messenger. It's uh, yeah. not, I mean, although Messenger has recently, one thing we haven't covered is that Messenger has had some new business tools added mm. and they've got rid of uh, the discovery tab, I think it is in Messenger. So where that used to be a space for sort of games and content and stuff, it's, yeah. it's become more grown up, should I say, business focused now. And the focus really is on B2C uh, connections and you know being able to speak to people and social CRM mm. as we also call it. Yeah, I, I yeah I, we haven't heard anything about this merger for a while, but you know if you look back, they've been doing it very slowly, like trickling features from each. Uh, messaging app into mm. like the other ones so they've started to borrow bits and pieces and I don't know if this is uh, maybe just evidence that they're going to like slowly introduce us to it um, so that it'll have a higher chance of adoption or they've just been busy with other things like batting off negative press <laughs> not and, sure <laughs> and the test to and again another thing we haven't mentioned is the test to take so Instagram likes obviously this has been a big bone of contention yeah. for a few months the trial has is, is coming to Facebook so maybe getting rid of Facebook likes now yeah. as well. And I found it very interesting what uh, Mike was saying mm. about that, you know, if for whatever reason this trial doesn't work, if it has a negative business impact, they will can the whole thing. Yeah. And that is that is obvious, you know, you don't shoot yourself in the foot, do you? Yeah. But something tells me that by doing it on Facebook, maybe something on Instagram, the testing grounds, mm. maybe something's worked. Maybe this is a feature that could happen very soon. Yeah. You know, maybe the signs are promising. Yeah, I think because it's gotten so much positive press um, about, you know, improvements on mental health, etc. It, you know, it's not something 
it doesn't surprise me that they want to roll it out. Um, and like Mike said, if it had had negative effects on like dwell time and attention, they wouldn't have rolled it out. Um, but the fact that they have moved on to testing on Facebook, but they still haven't released uh, like results of Instagram's test mm. makes me think that it hasn't had a positive impact. And I don't think they were ever expecting it to. No. I think it's just had a neutral impact yep. because, you know, as we've covered previously, it doesn't hide your likes from yourself. It just hides it from everyone else. So it's changing just enough to have a positive press angle yeah. but just you know it's keeping everything the same to an extent where it's not affecting their bottom line at all no exactly. uh, i think it'll literally just like be neutral i com I, I completely agree it's a kind of uh two-way kind of you know feature isn't it where you sort of helping with one hand and yeah sort of not really doing anything with the other one yeah exactly it's very um smoke and mirrors We'll move on to uh, what we've seen online and around on social in terms of brands and campaigns, the best and worst. Now, I'm going to let you talk through this best one because oh, by no. <laughs> a few screenshots, I've not seen much. Okay, so anyone who has been on social media for the last month has probably seen it. Or anyone who's keeping an eye on what brands are doing. Basically, NARS um, put out, it's being labelled a campaign, but I don't think it is. It is just one Instagram post that caught the attention of many a Twitter user and many a news uh, reporter. Uh, basically, they were promoting a brand new nude lipstick. And the caption was, when the nudes keep you up all night. And it was basically a video of what looks like a very phallic image. It's like a melted lipstick. And then it like unmelts itself back into the lipstick. Uh, but, you know, quite like, <laughs> quite explicit imagery. And uh, I'm going to read out some of my favorite reactions from uh, from Twitter. I'm sorry if they're a bit explicit. Uh, so Chrissy Teigen, who is one of my favorite comedians ever, said, honestly in love with this color and now I must have it to soften my boner. <laughs> Another Twitter user said... She's very good at uh, Twitter, isn't she? Oh my God, she's fantastic. Um, yes, yeah, so this is a really good point. Like a lot of Nas's products are like uh, named uh, like in sexual ways. Like they're all very like innuendo -y. They've always been very explicit as a brand. Uh, so this this tweet says, Nas has the iconic orgasm blush. Everyone, okay, yeah. Nas melts a lipstick. Everyone in my good Christian household. <laughs> <laughs> this is shedding some light on this again. So the the lipstick as far as I've, I've noticed, sort of melts and sort of forms itself <laughs> and it's shaped like a penis now. Yeah, it goes from penis to lipstick. But, you know, you know, like like that tweet said, they've got a product called Orgasm, they've got another one called Deep Throat, they've got another one called Pussy Control. Like, they, I don't understand why people were so shocked by this. Well, so like, this completely Nars goes over my head and I walk through Debenhams, you know, and I've ended up in the wrong <laughs> section of the department shop. Literally. So it's just in, it's just in, um, I've labeled this the best of the month, but even though it's, you know, caused a stir, there's nothing like a bit of controversy to, it's only done them good. You know what I mean? This is like good attention. It's good publicity yeah. and it's completely in line with their brand. Like they've always, uh, they've always had like sex as an integral part of their product line, their advertising, everything. So I think that just marries with that really well. It caused loads of conversation and what more could a brand want really? Of course. Of I'm course. sure the lipstick has been, uh, well, I haven't seen any sales figures, but I'm sure there were many a purchases made. So could I just ask, when when you buy it, so, so nude, nude lipstick, nude is obviously the colour. When you buy it, it's not shaped like that. It's shaped like a normal lipstick. Oh, my God, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's not being sold on uh, Anne Summer's concessions. A, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Seems like a, a, a head and night essential. Or, um, so let's talk about the, the worst of the worst. Mm. And, uh, you know, from a big brand, Adidas. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is funny that you pick this. Well, I mean, the, the campaign's not funny, but it's this, we've seen it time and time and time again, especially mm -hmm, on Twitter, mm -hmm. this kind of uh, make your own advert campaign yeah. whereby 
I'm not sure of the mechanics behind it, but you can sort of tweet and have your, I mean, you'll explain it better than me. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't know why why brands haven't learned yet that when you put your content into the hands of the general public, especially the Twitter public, it's it's probably not going to be all all roses, is it? Um, yeah, basically, it was like a, um, an AI interface, which is like the auto-generate tweet function. So when someone used their hashtag, dare to create, uh, Adidas would also reply to them with their handle and they'd made like an image, which is a mock-up of their username on the back of an Arsenal uh, shirt. My beloved football club that was dragged through the mire once <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, which, you know, sounds innocent enough. Like if, if you were to do it, it'd have a like Theo what on the back or whatever yeah, your uh, yeah. Instagram handle was. But not everyone's um, handle is uh, PC, yeah, shall we say. Yeah. So one of them that was used was at Innocent Hitler and another one was at Gas All Jews. So when that is being associated with your brand on Twitter, not, not ideal, I mean, is this, it really? This is massive. This is Twitter sort of, it, it, you know, we know that it is a platform that is, you know, unfortunately there there is areas of it that are anti-Semitic, yeah. racist, sexist, and it it always seems a bit naive when brands do this. I remember there was a yeah. Walkers one a while ago where, you know, like you said, it's sort of an AI function where there's an animation and you can sort of, you know, here's the kind of template. Mm. write what you want on the back of this shirt, yeah. you know, name our new hashtag and whatnot. They've the made like the fatal error of assuming that their audience or the people they want to target are the only people watching. Yeah. Like yeah. you're opening up to the entirety of Twitter. It's not going to It's not gonna be all good, is it? It's a massive um, oversight once again. It, it sort of makes you cringe a little bit, doesn't it? It does. It? I mean, sort of... I know it's like two different worlds, but it reminded me of Boaty McBoatface, whereas that was a positive impact of putting things in the hands of a public. And this is obviously what happens on the negative side. So just a, a word of caution for brands who are trying to do this kind of inclusive campaign, do your research first and maybe do some troubleshooting. I and, think one will we and, learn, yeah, yeah, when it comes to these sort of fan, uh, well, not fan, you know, these hijacked Twitter campaigns because, you know, I, 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 and I have to say at this point, I saw a lot of the other campaign, you know, being an Arsenal fan, I saw a lot of the work that Adidas did and it was a great launch. I mean, albeit the, the, the kit launch video yeah. got leaked early, but... It is. It seems to be a stain on what was otherwise a very, you know, impressive campaign. Yeah, in words, uh, it's a shame. It's like they're, or maybe not their only slip up, but like they're, you know, first one for a while, and normally they're quite on the ball with campaigns. I yeah, think so. Yeah. It is a shame, but hopefully they'll they'll learn from their mistake, and other brands will learn from their mistake. Exactly. Exactly. That well, your best and worst for, for yeah, for that's the month. my best Brilliant. and worst. I'm, I'm, I'm Let us know what yours are um, in the brand new Facebook group for Social Minds that yes, we've just created. Good Absolute plug there, but yeah, we have just set up a new Facebook group for Social Minds after one year of the podcast. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, so in that group, we'll be discussing like the latest episodes. We're gonna uh, we've invited all our past guests uh, to join the group as well, so you can ask them questions. Um, and hopefully, it'll be like a good bed for discussion and where we can start offering like new bits and pieces as well so please join I'll leave the link in the description for the episode um, so that you can find it easily but if you just search social minds it should come up yeah definitely please please put your best and worst campaigns in there and also anything else that you see yeah. you know that's, that's come up in conversation like yeah. we do here things that you, you want know, us to talk about um, as well exactly it is a place for you know discussion amongst all our audiences and past guests so please do yeah Fantastic. Well, well that is so ends it. it on another month of social. Um, I'm sure 
by October, we'd be putting the world to right again God, and October. everything would have changed <laughs> once again. Yeah. And who knows what will happen then. So. Another month down. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 